Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Very nice. How much? <laughs> he's back, baby. Today, we are reviewing Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of a Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, Matt. It's uh, it's a Friday. Borat is now available to stream on Amazon Borat Prime. Back. Yes, now available. Uh, directed by Jason Walliner. Starring, uh, I mean, we could, do we want to say starring Sasha Baron Cohen or st- starring Borat? Um, Eric, you got some pizza that you I just do. got delivered. No tomato sauce, I hope, right? Nope. What did you go for? Uh, I went for Alfredo. Nice, nice. What toppings? You got a little, uh, little sausage on there? What do you little, got? A little mushroom, sauce, mushroom? spicy sausage, mushroom, Ooh, green pepper. Going to shit my brains out later on because <laughs> I have a, a sensitive stomach when it comes to anything cream or dairy that's really heavy. Um, yeah. But not milk yeah. usually, but like, because I'm not lactose, but it seems with like Alfredo specifically, I, I, I do right. have a sensitive stomach. A little, a little greasy boy. Um, yeah, I just ordered some Chinese food. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you about this because we haven't discussed this at all, really. No, we um, haven't. Borat is back 16 years later, 14, 14 years later. He says it at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, 14. Um, I was working at Cineplex when the first movie came out. So it feels like a lifetime ago. I was starting at Rogers um, then. And that was that was one of my first reviews. So my first review was The Departed. And then a couple weeks later, I reviewed Borat on on Rogers TV's daytime show. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, And it, it was one of the first movies that came out at Cineplex Oshawa, I think. Um, I just remember it being one. I remember it premiering at TIFF at Midnight Madness that year and really wishing I, um, I went, um, and then I remember working at the cinema and it just being one of the first big like hits that we had that played there. So it feels wild that now 14 years later, we are now reviewing Borat subsequent movie film on this podcast but uh let's get right into it eric 14 years later what's borat up to well as uh, as the movie uh, reintroduces our fourth favorite journalist from kazakhstan uh who has brought shame to the people and his motherland because everybody after the release of the first film have felt that um the country has been mocked and been made fun of because of borat's visit to America or the Americas. And now he's been kind of uh, living and working in kind of a prison slave trade kind of situation. Uh, but he's getting a second chance, Matt. And he gets to go to the Americas again to give a monkey to <laughs> one, <laughs> one Mike Pence. But that actually doesn't go as planned. And his daughter actually ends up coming along with him. Tutor. Tutor. Uh, yeah, and, tutor. And, yeah. Tutor. Uh, who's played by uh, Maria uh, Baklavala? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, or no, you're thinking of the dessert, Baklava. <laughs> I think um, it's baklova, she is played Baklova, by, yeah. isn't it? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, you are Baklova, which is Baklava yeah. is also a dessert, though. Yes. I think. Yeah. Which I have had and it's delicious. Yes, Maria Baklava. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I apologize if I am mispronouncing that. Uh, and basically what this movie is, is a time capsule of what's going on right now. It's as probably current as any documentary or 24 hour news cycle to deal with the coronavirus, 
to the division between the Democrats and Republicans, specifically uh, when Borat arrives in the Americas again, he uh, docks in Texas, and that's where he spends the majority of the film. Um, a lot of it is very familiar in terms of the setup. You know, he's a character that is going into situations that people are either unaware of who he is, or if they are aware of who he is because of his famous shenanigans back 14 years ago, he's disguised or going undercover as other uh, roles. And that (laughs) very clearly Borat. (laughs) Yeah. Still the accent is there. Like nothing really has changed other than the look. Um, This is a film that I think the, the, the moments throughout that work work really, really well. And and I think that you'll get the cringe factor that pops in throughout and sort of Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat holding the U.S. accountable for not only their idiocy, but also, you know, the hypocrisy of a mm-hmm. democracy and a state that considers itself the greatest of all time. And especially with you know, the, the treatment of Republicans, whether it be, you know, pro-life issues or issues of gun control or anything in between, he is basically showing the rest of uh, the world and the people watching this movie how fucked up the U.S. is. Those scenes are incredible. The thing that didn't work for me as 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 much as I wanted it to, and I think the movie does hinge a little bit on this more is the relationship between the father daughter and it kind of going in a very weirdly sentimental aspect is, you know, towards the, the third act. And right. I don't, I don't want Borat to be sentimental. I don't really? want my character okay. to have dimensions. I want him just to be Borat. a fish out of water Borat character. And I understand that you need to have some sort of connective tissue, narratively speaking, to kind of thread through the story. But I felt that there was more of that this time around than there was in the first one. Now, you rewatched the first one yeah. recently, Matt. So how did it compare to watching uh, this sequel? It's. It- Felt like wearing, you know, that old pair of running shoes that just fits or gray perfectly. Suit. Yeah, yeah, or gray suit that that just fit perfectly. I don't know. Like I talked about it on our on our other show, Untitled Movie Podcast, when I I rewatched Borat. I'd love for you guys to go check that out. Um, um, but I, I don't know. This felt just familiar, but fresh and just very 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 funny and um it is that type of cringe comedy that you are kind of hiding your eyes or just looking down or i was yelling oh my like i can't believe this is happening multiple times at my screen but um how it compares i mean again it's it's essentially the same movie but with what you're saying with the sentimental nature at the in the latter kind of final acts of the movie and, and the relationship between borat and his daughter i don't know it just feels like um, the character and the filmmaking growing up a little bit because I rewatched that first one. And I'm like, I don't know how he's going to be able to get away with this again. One from, you know, him being recognized um, to just, you know, the, it's a very liberal movie, but it's very not politically correct as well. Oh, it um, takes no prisoners. No, and and that was the aspect where I'm like, I don't know how he's going to be, how he's going to get away with it, or if people are going to be okay with it. And it's something I discussed with Nevis both in the first movie and in this one, where I'm like, the vulgarity of the character and the absurdity of the character, and with some of the, you know, jokes he's making uh, about things that you know you're not technically allowed to make jokes about anymore um but the way that he juxtaposes that 
with you know his showcase of american culture and just the united states in general and the people in it and their beliefs and some of their values and and stuff like that i think it is so perfect and he did that super well in the first movie and it was something that just like hit me watching it 14 years later of just like he is that character that's you know the fish out of water and the guy who's saying really horrible things but then it's really just to showcase how absurd and ridiculous the United States actually is. It's this caricature of Kazakhstan that's not actually Kazakhstan and just a, a caricature of what, you know, maybe the US lo- believes of people who are from, you know, overseas and in some of these nations that they don't really know much about. And they play into that. And I just think he does that so excellently right now. And I think it is very much a movie the movie of 2020 personally because like you said it's very much like south park in the sense that they because of the quick turnaround they can they can do something no other movies and no other tv shows can do which is talk about events that are happening right now and it looks like the majority of this was shot either right at the beginning of the pandemic or kind of you know you know begin end of march into june ish like those couple months and um i don't know i i just think it it works to its advantage and i think it's just it's so funny and even though it's putting him in situations we might have seen him in before it's just updating them for 2020 and 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 every kind of person he takes down um i think is deserving and and sometimes with this prank comedy stuff you can get into territory where you're like you know, it's not really fair. Like you're setting these people up and like, it's, it, it's kind of poking fun at, but everyone's doing something that's kind of like, fuck, you shouldn't be doing that. So I don't really feel bad for you. And the way that they play into the Borat character, but I don't know. I laughed my ass off during this. Couldn't believe some of the things that I was seeing. Um, I think it came out at the perfect time and it's about the perfect thing. And, um, I think for me, that makes it like one of the most enjoyable experiences of the year for me. It's just like in this time where we're clamoring for new content and the new cycle is just about, you know, Trump and COVID and, and all of this stuff. So Sasha Baron Cohen is you so mean McDonald's, that, McDonald's, yeah, Trump. <laughs> McDonald's Trump. Yeah. And like, and it's just little things like that. And then it's obvious. Some of it is very obvious. Some of it is like, you can't believe these people fell for it. And it's just showcasing the stupidity of some of like, of of the united states and just like i I hate saying that some of the people are stupid that they showcase but i'm like how do i think gullible gullible is a a better word word, a a more pc word but i'll stick with stupid um how stupid some of these people are because i'm just like how have you one not ever heard of borat or how do you fall for this shit because there should have been and then it goes my brain goes, wow, I can't believe like the amount of research they must have done and like pre-screening they would have done because it would have just been hard to find people who wouldn't recognize him or recognize his voice or understand that he's they're being pranked or something like that, where it's that same kind of Nathan for you. And I know that J- uh, Walliner who directed this directed some Nathan for you. And I saw Nathan Fielder get a, you know, a thank you in the, in the credits and stuff like that. And I'm sure Nathan Fielder took a lot from Sasha Baron Cohen's style of humor of never knowing what's real, what's not, who's planted, who's a real subject. And I think it just makes to craft it one, an interesting, funny story. And then also put you in these situations that lets you kind of um, have a, you know, a, a social commentary on what's going on right now. And I think that's, uh, it's perfect. And I, I mean, there's, you, you might see in the news and stuff, 
certain scenes getting spoiled, but I think until you see them in context in the movie, you haven't really seen those scenes. So I will say that. And there are times where I'm like, I cannot fucking believe he's doing this and like uh, power to him. And I, um, I thought it was fantastic. I, I understand where you're coming from with some of that stuff at the with his daughter, but I kind of dug that in the sense where that was what I was thinking about in the first movie of like, how do you get away with this now? And I think you needed to have, even though it feels maybe half baked or or insincere, maybe for the character or what the first movie was doing, like I. I do like to see that growth and that he does take that back to uh, he has this relationship with his daughter and he does grow as, you know, I think the movie's trying to showcase, you know, the United States needs to grow and learn and and do these things. So why can't Borat grow and learn? And I kind of like some of that stuff at the end. I don't ne- necessarily think that it's needed, but um, it was welcome for me. Like I did like it. Right. And, and I understand the, the, the reasoning behind having a, you know, accomplice in this case, you know, somebody that's kind of in on the joke with him that c- he can play off of. Um, yeah. And I think her performance is really good. And I think, I think she she's is great. just as, yeah. as game as he is to kind of really infiltrate, you know, these either these organizations or these, you know, Christian rights groups or or what have you and, and really kind of, you know, show you the you know, the, the dumb manner of which these people operate and sort of their theology and what have you. Uh, It's just, just more so the, 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 the scripted stuff that I wasn't as big of a fan of. Like I want, like every time you have a scene where it's just them interacting with each other and there's nobody else around and it's kind of pushing, you know, this kind of sort of slight narrative, you know, to its conclusion, I was kind of waiting until the next setup right. until we got to the, the next scene. Last act is really, it's just so stupid, but like, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I, I liked, I didn't mind the setup at the beginning of, of like the first movie, but as soon as they kind of did that, they got away from it. And it just basically was like, okay, let's explore, you know, America and it's, you know, culture and it's citizens and, We'll go from there where it felt like there was more of this narrative as a, you know, a, a thread throughout. And it just kind of felt like it was a little distracting or it took away from, you know, the scenes that were impactful. I think the uh, pro-choice health yeah. clinic scene it's was so incredible. Funny, and, and the setup so, on that is so clever and funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and also like, it's amazing to see how horrible this guy is, this pastor is, because it's like – the like it, the situation that is at hand, I don't want to get too deep into it because I feel like that's part of the fun kind of like waiting for the setup, but it just frustrates you because it's, it's, it's like, it's exactly what you would expect a pro-lifer to be, you know, like in that kind of situation. And it's just ridiculous. And then you have the debutante ball, which is also incredible. And then obviously the scene that a lot of people are talking about that's been in the news in the last 24, 48 hours um, is also kind of, you know, a perfect way to kind of end that movie and kind of where the film, you know, ultimately reaches its climax. But it's, it's weird because it's like, you're looking at that scene and you're, you're wondering to yourself, you know, like how the hell 
did they pull this off? Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. I was screaming at my TV. (laughs) I was like, how is this happening? I was like, how? And I just- Security must have been so lax or like the venting process of, of, or the vetting process of kind of like getting them, you know, to kind of get through that. And during a pandemic, it's like, it's incredible to see that kind of stuff. And I think Sasha Baron Cohen as an actor is- one of the most fearless, not just comedians, but just thespians in general. And you kind of get a feeling that he does kind of weirdly get off on it. And there's like this adrenaline rush that he probably has as this character and kind of going into the scene, but it also keeps him on his toes. And it's very much a fly by the seat of your pants kind of experience, even for him within the moment. And I think that keeps him sharp as well, because if you, you know, watch an interview with him as just Sasha Baron Cohen. He's a very smart, articulate individual. And he's one of those guys that I think like he, there, he knows no bounds, you know, like he, he's not afraid to take on anyone and everything. If he has a problem with them or wants to kind of show, you know, the hypocrisy of the situation. And I always do appreciate that. And I think that he's one of those guys that like has really perfected his sort of guerrilla style cinema verite um, since, you know, doing TV. I mean, you mentioned Nathan, uh, uh, Nathan for you, yeah, Nathan for you, but also with, with him being on, you know, uh, this show. Well, yeah. well, I was going to say with Nathan for you, with uh, Nathan oh, right. being on, um, this hour has 22 minutes Yes, the yeah, same yeah, way yeah. that, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen was on Ali G show and sort of, they are cutting their teeth on those kind of interviews before moving on to another kind of bigger product production and project. It's just fascinating to watch this kind of movie basically sum up what 2020 is, which is a garbage fire, a dumpster fire. So, and I think it perfectly says that. I just wish that the kind of the sentimental kind of narrative structure was a little bit looser and that it didn't have to go back to that as much. But the scenes that work work. I agree with you. There were moments where I didn't want to look at the screen or I had my face in a certain kind of like, I just, I couldn't. I didn't want to be there, but at the same time, I couldn't stop laughing. And those are the most effective scenes. And I think that they work. They, you cannot deny the visceral effect that they have on you. Yeah. And going back to your point about Sasha Baron Cohen, I I completely agree. And this was kind of the discussion I was having, you know, uh, with Nevis and other, other people of like how he's able to get away with this stuff. And it is because he's so intelligent and he is trying to say something. It's not like, um, Anthony Jeselnik, another comedian who uh, gets off on just sh- shock value, right? And I wouldn't necessarily that Sasha Baron Cohen is only doing this stuff for shock value. Is there shock value there? Of course. But I feel like why I love Sasha Baron Cohen's style of humor is because he's every time he's doing something, he at least has commentary or at least he has something to say when he's saying it. It might be extremely vulgar. It might be horrible. It might be um, just absolutely like, holy fuck, how is he doing this or why is he doing this? But with someone like Anthony Jeselnik, I feel like his whole shtick is just saying something to shock you. He's not necessarily saying something as a social commentary or even trying to say something, you know, he's just more of a provocateur. Yes. And that's my, my argument of like why he, in the first movie he can make, you know, some 
not very politically correct jokes throughout the entire thing. And this one, there's still a lot of that. Um, I think it's toned down maybe a little bit um, based on that first one. Like there is still, I think, more shocking things that happen in this one than the first one. But I feel like the actual humor of what Borat says is toned down a little bit, but I mean, there's still jokes about you mentioned the, 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 the abortion clinic or it wasn't an abortion clinic. No, it's it was a pro just choice a, uh, yeah, health clinic. Yeah. Yes. Where they're asking for an abortion, um, but not really. I just love like his setup. Like that joke is very offensive if you think about it, I guess. Um, but but what's more offensive, that it, though, the way exactly. that they're setting that up as the joke or the person that is saying exactly the opposite and, and sort of not taking into context and, what is going on. And that is exactly my point of both of these movies, is that really the most absurd thing is the person on the other side, not necessarily what Borat is doing. And even the setup to that joke is just so well done and so silly and stupid of just being like someone had this idea of being like – Okay, swallow this plastic baby and then we have this whole thing we can go to a clinic and if we're still playing in character of what Borat is saying is completely and utterly true to this man but we're going to get this perfect reaction from him and I think that's where you find the intelligence in some of the crass and absurd humor and I just feel like that's sprinkled throughout where every situation is so carefully kind of planned but then the improvisation from Sasha Baron Cohen he's just so good at interacting with people based on what I'm assuming they hypothesized people would react but he still has to react based on you know these interactions and I'm sure there was tons of interactions that they cut out that either didn't work or they had to go to multiple people because certain people might have figured out their what they were doing and, and stuff like that. But um, it's a testament to him and that entire team for shooting this movie, you know, from March until June, probably, or, or probably after probably April and May and June, but, and then getting it out by now and, and making it feel relevant and funny and clever and, and crazy. And uh, um, it's hard to pull off the dormant, comedy sequel like we've seen it fail over and over again right like when dumb and dumber was coming back or i worry about ace ventura coming back or <laughs> something well, it kind of like did they did the like, ace ventura jr thing yeah video right and i'm trying to think of other comedies that took a long time off in uh, american pie with american reunion or what recently there was lots of comedy sequels that there was like a string of them but well especially you know I mean, when there there's a long period of time you mentioned dumb and dumber too right like not not uh, the Dumb and Dumber, or the the again actual true the, sequel to it. Yeah, yeah, the true sequel where there's this long period of time between films, and comedy has a certain shelf life to begin with. You know, it's of the moment, it's of the time, and things change, and people change, and cultures change, and that's a way of life. And so, you know, is this character still going to be funny within the context of? you know, a, a world where satire is basically dead at this point, you know, like, because it's just reality. And, you know, we're living in a world where everything that, you know, a, a comedy writer could, you know, sketch on a piece of paper or, or you know, write at the in the middle of the night is actually coming true, especially in the US with, you know, way, the way that the government has been working in the Trump administration in the last four years. So, 
Anchorman you know, how, 2, there's another one. Yeah, right? how do you approach that stuff in, 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 in a fresh way and also kind of remind people what they loved about the original to begin with? Because, yeah, like if, if you bring Ace Ventura back now, you're going to have to talk about the transphobic humor. If you bring back a character from, you know, like even Bill and Ted, like look at the, the new Bill and Ted movie, you know, like there are things about that where it's like, okay, is that still going to work within the context of yeah, that's the most you know, recent one, yeah. a, a 2020 setting or, or as most current as possible or modern as possible. And I think that this mostly does work. I, I think, you know, there is a certain kind of, as you mentioned with shock value, there was a shock value in the sense with the first one is that a lot of people didn't know who Sasha Baron Cohen really was at that point or what the Borat character was, you know, it was sort of a word of mouth movie that was getting a lot of buzz and people kept going to the theater and watching it and kind of discovered it. And there was something about that kind of, you know, aspect of watching a movie for the first time and kind of discovering it where now we know who Borat is. We know who Sasha Baron Cohen is as a personality. So that surprise, that element of surprise has been taken away, you know, and now we kind of are expecting him to do and say these crazy things in a very kind of childlike manner. Um, but it's, it's also interesting because the people that, you know, respond to him or, or say these horrible things, that's part of their personality. You know, he's not trying to like fool them into saying no, these things. No, that's what They're I mean. They're saying yeah. these things. And then there are people that are genuinely decent people. Like you look at the babysitter and, you know, yes. when she's having that conversation with the daughter while, you know, he's off <laughs> becoming a barber for a minute. Like she, she does maybe doesn't realize that what is going on isn't real. I don't think she caught on that way, at least or with the, the, the first scene. But she knows what, you know, this kid is saying is wrong and she is telling this child, this kid, what is, you know, what she thinks isn't real, you know, like, and and that's, and that's the point. Like there are good people within the, you know, the United States as well. Like it's not, you know, he's not turning anybody into a monster or changing their personality. They already have that in them. You know, you are who you are. Right. But then that's also why I kind of like the crafted story and where it goes and, and and stuff like that. Cause I just do think that it's smart that like, even with with the babysitter, I know that there was extensive probably research and planning and everything is kind of strategically placed and they find the right people to push the story along to where they want to go, right? Like they knew, I'm sure the set, like I, I'd be fascinated to see a behind the scenes of either movie and especially of this one of just being like, how were these situations set up or these interviews set up to the people, right? Because most of the time they, they don't know that they're in a Borat movie, but they do know that they're in some sort of documentary, right? And each situation might be different and they get people to sign waivers and that's how people get in the movie and that's how they avoid getting sued. Right. And um, the people and, that, that don't are clearly, uh, you know, their, their faces are obscured. Yes, the exactly. camera. You see and that everyone, throughout the movie as well. And everyone who sign who's in the movie, probably like, signed off to be in a documentary and it they probably didn't read the fine print of what they were signing off to and that's why they get into these situations where they try to sue and it doesn't really work well, but yeah i mean the holocaust I, uh survivor specifically she, like that i heard been, that she knew that because yeah, she passed he, away since right and he yeah, was like he broke character for her apparently. and he told her like hey this is a bit 
Um, cause I was talking to Nevis in each situation while we were watching it, I, we were trying to dissect, like, how do you think they convinced them to be in the movie? Like, I'm, I'm like, well, a lot of the situations probably much like the first Borat was like, Hey, we have this guy. He's not from the United States. He's coming. He's trying to learn about culture in the United States. Like this is what the documentary and you're not really lying to the person when you say that. So the twist on this is like, you use the daughter obviously as that to get in there for most of the things and being like, Hey, we're shooting a documentary about, you know, this uh, young girl who's from this foreign country who doesn't know about us culture and, and in her country, men treat women like, you know, uh, possessions and things like that. So like, they're not technically lying sort of <laughs> when they like, I assume they pitch these things to people. And it's, it's so interesting to me and, and so smart of how it's crafted. And, and ultimately they do make this, narrative throughout that I kind of enjoyed. And I, I do agree with you that the movie's best moments are in those, you know, fish out of water, Borat fucking with people kind of moments. But like, I did like the relationship between him and his daughter and how that evolved throughout the movie. And while it's pretty thin, I still kind of like where it ended up. And ultimately it just totally worked. And I, I really feel like, but I totally, I see your side as well. But for me, it is like almost the movie of 2020. And I feel like it's essential viewing, even if you hadn't seen the first one or anything. Like I'm going to text my dad and I don't even know if he likes the Borat character. And I'm just going to be like, watch this. Cause I feel like you're, you'll laugh your ass off. And I, I can't recommend it enough to people. And if you have Amazon prime and they're pushing this thing hard, man, they want those prime memberships. And, um, I think it's worth it. And I think it's, um, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year just because I think it is the movie of this year just because of how relevant and and current it is and funny it is and it's one of the most enjoyable things I've watched all year. Um so I, I loved it, dude. Yeah, I think it I think it's good not great. Um the moments that hit hit really hard and I was laughing and cringing in equal uh amounts and and I think that as a movie as a whole it does do what it sets out to. I just wish that the film had that same kind of impact that the first one did. And I know that that's not going to happen, but that first movie is, I think one of the funniest films ever made. And and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that, like I remember being in the theater watching that movie and like the wrestling scene specifically. Oh yeah. And just like, my ribs were sore from laughing and just being completely in shock that this guy was pulling this off and and like people were buying into it where this I felt that there was a certain quality or aspect to it where it was kind of like I I, I don't know if I really wanted a nostalgic sentimental quality to the film Fair. I wanted just more of the kind of sharp you know humor I mean to play stupid you have to be smart and Sasha Baron Cohen does that so well and he is a genius with this character and a, a very very good actor and you know I applaud him for you know putting himself out there in more ways than one in both of these movies and just kind of like going for it and never losing sight of like what you know the 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 message of this movie is even though it's so ridiculous and and you know, crass and, you know, gross at times and, and just, you know, the lowest common denominator, but he makes it work when, you know, he's in these situations and he is weirdly as Borat, uh, very affable and personable to anybody that he comes into contact with, you know, and I think that also says a lot about who Sasha Baron Cohen is as an actor that he's able to make people feel 
comfortable and quote unquote let down their guard you know like and and that's that's something that that's hard to do for not just you know actors but journalists or you know podcasters or what have you to kind of have that quality of you know feeling like you can sort of just lay down your arms and and you know speak in a very relaxed and maybe too casual a manner yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to give it as high as a four and a half. I loved it. I gave, wow. I, I, I agree with you that I love the first movie. I, I, the first movie is a perfect movie. I agree with you. Like I, yeah. it's a five star movie. So, but to me, this is just like slightly under that. So I'm going as high as a four and a half, man. See, I'm not that high. I, uh, I gave it three and a half. I, I, th- I think it's fun. I think it's enjoyable, but I also think that that first movie, like that, the first movie is a four and a half five-star film for me where this is like i enjoyed my time with it i think the scenes that work work um there was just something there that was i wasn't really big on with the emotion but um it also has my favorite armchair in a movie this year oh god yeah what a good there's so many good gags that i can't wait to just talk about um all right. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you like this, we have plenty of other reviews for you guys to check out on this channel. So please go back and look in our feed. We'll have, um, you know, tons of stuff coming up soon. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the premiere of the Mandalorian. Uh, we got a review for come play coming up, let him go. There's tons of other stuff of, you know, on the rocks, which just got released today as well on Apple TV plus. Uh, so lots of good stuff. So go back and check out all of those reviews. Um, the untitled movie podcast, which is our flagship show, uh, which I mentioned previously where I talked about the first Borat movie, um, in one of our more recent drafts. Um, we'll have a new episode for that coming out on Monday. If you're listening to the, uh, this weekend, where we'll talk about all the news that's happened over the last couple of weeks, as well as what my Taco Bell wine that just got delivered today and other things like that. Or, <laughs> or, or Ben Wheatley directing the Meg two with Jason Statham that just got announced. So, you know, Ben Wheatley, God bless him. Um, Oh, making speaking, money, man. Rebecca, uh, also a review that's up on the channel right now. So go check out untitled movie, Re- uh, podcast, our flagship show, as well as untitled movie conversations, uh, which is our interview show. We have a couple episodes up there. We hope to get that back up and running soon. Um, if you have a couple seconds to toss us a review on any of those shows, uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. You're just podcast service of choice. Hit that five stars, hit that thumbs up, whatever review thing that they have. We'd love for you guys to go do that as well as follow us on all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can follow more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually bumming around rating things on Letterboxd as well as, uh, you know, tweeting out nonsense on Twitter. Yes. Uh, and I'm Eric Marchin. Uh, you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com uh, rogers uh, slash scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Wowie wowie. Or who's it? <laughs> Sexy time. <laughs>